This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. MyMac Podcast number 334. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And it's the last day of the Macworld Expo, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I did 333 out by myself because I, I couldn't find Guy Searle. He was just, I, I don't know where he went, to be honest. So, yeah, it was a little different doing a My Mac show all by myself again, and, and oh, oh, hey, wait a minute. Uh, oh, oh, hey, hey, Tim, uh, uh, sorry about last night, but, you know, people coming to San Francisco for the Macworld Expo, there's three things you have to remember. Number one... If you have to pee, don't do it outside. Number two, if you have to pee and you do do it outside, don't do it in front of a police officer. And number three, if you pee outside and a police officer catches you, don't call Tim Robertson to come bail you out. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Full disclosure, guy was sleeping in his room. (laughs) He had gone to bed like at 9 o'clock. And... uh, a little later than he says. So, anyways, uh, back to the the task at hand. So, it's been a pretty eventful. Well, we've been here for four days, but you know the Macworld Expo has been going on for three. It feels more than three days to me. What do you think? Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. You you spend you spend a full day or close to a full day walking around on the showroom floor, especially with the, the kinds of crowds. That they've had this year. I mean, there has been... I mean, the, the show floor was just packed. Uh, I, I guess in my mind, the only real complaint that I, I have about the show this year is that there there didn't seem to be much in the way of, oh, I don't know, actual Macintosh applications. <laughs> it all seemed to be pretty much iOS. Um, no, I'd have to disagree. I don't know. Did you see the, the Mac software independent pavilion? Yeah. Yes, I did. There, there was some stuff over there, and I've said this... I don't know if I said it on a podcast, uh, but I know I've said it to a few people. I think this time next year for Macworld 2012, you're going to see three times as many Mac developers. And the reason is because of the Mac App Store. Uh, So why, you would probably ask, would the Mac App Store have anything to do with more developers coming here next year? Well, the answer is very simple. 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 Similar. It's, Sim- it's, yeah. simply it's simply similar. <laughs> it's been a long day yeah, so far. We a We're yeah, we um, we just got off the main stage oh, a little while ago. Oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. The, the, the Mac, the Mac developers out there are going to make a lot more money in this next year yep. because of the Mac App Store. People are going to find their software. They're going to have money to spend, and they're going to realize, you know what? I need to get more promotion for our software. And to do that, hmm, let me think of a good idea. The Mac App Store. Yeah. Now, and the, the other thing, of course, is just like with the iOS Store, the prices of individual applications, because they were, you know, when, when the iOS Store first opened up, the applications were priced, like, I would say, a little higher than they should have been for the types of applications that you can run on an iPhone or an iPod Touch or an iPad. And the same thing, I think, will happen with the Mac App Store, that we'll see prices start to come down. As a matter of fact, there's, there's a lot of prices that already have come down uh like rapid weaver for example is at nearly half price in the mac app store than if you had bought it from them directly and we'll see a lot of that you know the one thing that the mac app store does is it kind of levels the playing field for small for big and small 
publishers of, of software, developers of software. So the, 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 the smaller guys don't have to try to entice you to come to their site and use their purchasing system or you know whatever purchasing system that they're using they can just do it all right from the Mac App Store and it doesn't matter if you're Adobe Microsoft or you know Joe Blow's software in Crab House. Yeah, like I said earlier, it levels the playing field. All things being equal, the the better software generally is going to rise to the top. Now Apple does have some oh, what's the word I'm looking for? When they feature, well, when they re- feature something on the main page of an app store, whether it's iPhone, iPad, or Mac apps, that piece of software, good or bad, is going to sell just a tons of copies. Yeah, it's not even close. So I think that the software developer is going to realize pretty quickly. I hear a phone ringing, and it's sure, and, it, and I know it's yours because it's it's in your bag, by the way. Uh, well, it's the ringtone that that I created. And I'm holding my iPhone, so I knew it had to be yours because you're the only person that I know of that has the back computer computer ringtone. So, yeah, you you started talking about this earlier. Um, We tweeted about it. We talked about it on podcasts and, you know, before this one, that on on Saturday at noon, we were going to be on the Macworld Live booth. And... Macworld Live stage, but it's the, that's that booth area. But I mean, it's just a stage. There's no real booth. Um, you know, I wasn't nervous about it, but Guy, on the other hand, his hand was shaking at the very beginning of the podcast, <laughs> and it really wasn't. I mean, they advertise it as it's the My Mac podcast. On this, we didn't really do a podcast. I mean, we did something that we've really never done before. You want to explain kind of uh, some of what we did? Sure. Uh, when we when we first got up on stage, well, number one, yeah, you're right. I was very very nervous, and we were we were going out into the audience and asking them questions, and you know we'll talk about what those questions were in a minute. But the very first person that I walked up to, and I you know, was holding the microphone because we had the and you know one nice thing about this year as compared to last year, they had the wireless mics. That was that was huge. That that really really added a nice touch to it. But I have this wireless microphone, and I'm going up to this first guy, and as I'm holding it in front of him, I'm sitting there thinking, I hope he can't tell that my hand is shaking. Um, but yeah, you know, I think I think I relaxed relatively quickly, and it was a lot of fun. What we wanted to do, most of the things that you see at the on the main stage here at the MacWorld Expo, you'll see um, just guys getting together, talking about what guy, what did, what innovative things do they do on the main stage. Podcast after podcast after podcast. Uh, for the most part, it was so. What did you see on the Mac Real Expo floor? Yeah. And what's this mean? It means that every single one of them sounded exactly alike. And for you know, if you were the kind of person that was going to sit there for you know show after show after show, it had to have become very very dull. And that was something that we really wanted to avoid. We didn't want to be dull. And plus, we knew uh, beforehand that they were going to be broadcasting whatever's going on on the Macworld Live stage over the internet. So it wasn't via Ustream, but it was on the front of Macworld.com right at the top. So you couldn't miss it. No. And knowing that we're going to probably have a bigger audience at home than we're going to 
<laughs> but I don't know. We had a really, really big audience. I think we had a bigger audience this time than you or David did when you did the show last year. Yeah. And you definitely had a bigger, we definitely had a bigger crowd than I did because last year I was the last thing on the main stage on the last day, which was just, it's way too long to wait to do it. Yeah. It's way too long. Um, so Guy and I wanted to do something different, and I think we succeeded in doing something different. We, we kicked it off with kind of this little trivia thing. We weren't giving any prizes away. No. And it was like, I'll give you guys a couple of examples right now. If I said kinetics, what did kinetics make? Because kinetics guy doesn't exist anymore, and that was kind of the idea. That was like the theme. That was the theme of, of what we were asking the audience. Companies that once were huge at Macworld would have massive booths or just just gone either, they don't yeah either sold out you know their products to another company and usually those products aren't even around anymore or it just went out of business because their products couldn't keep up with what apple was doing with either max or their operating system or they or they didn't make any sense anymore they weren't needed and a prime example is kinetics now mm-hmm. kinetics did um ram, du- ram doubler so if you had two megabytes of ram in your machine it basically swapped it out with the hard drive really quickly so it would act like it would have five and it did it in a very clever way in that applications say that required three megabytes and you only had two, yep. it automatically would run. Oh, it's, you've got four yeah, megabytes. Maybe somewhat slower, but at least it would work. Question. Yeah, at least it would work. Uh, they had Speed Doubler. They had a Virtual Game Station, cool. which didn't last very long. No, Sony bought it. Yeah. Uh, basically, Virtual Game Station uh, was software that allowed you to play the original PlayStation disc games on your Macintosh. And when, when that first happened, I was thinking, oh, this is great. You know, all of these games that work on a PlayStation will now work on your Mac. And Sony actually sued them, lost, and in the process of losing, went ahead and bought the company. <laughs> That's one way of dealing with it. And then you, know, you know, here's the thing. We didn't uh, get to all the different stuff that I want. Like, I never mentioned Berkeley Systems, which yeah. I thought would have been a good one to mention. It's real high on our list, but I, I just completely skipped it. I don't know why. When... You know, those lights were actually kind of bright right yeah, above yeah. us. Yeah, they were very bright. And uh, so Berkeley Systems, obviously, they had After Dark, the Flying Toasters. That was popular on the Mac and PC. Yep. Um, one of the ones that we did mention, I said, uh, Apple Works, where did it come from? And I thought a lot of people would know Claire's Works, but not, well, at least not a lot of people raised their hand. Um, you and, intimidated them. Yeah, maybe. Um <laughs> We had a lot of fun. It was a lot of joking and very engaging of the audience. Yep. I didn't see anybody else doing that guy. No, no. Everybody, for the most part, everybody else just kind of sat in those very, very comfortable couches that they had up there on stage. They are very comfortable. Yes. yes. And it was as blue as our sh- parts of our shirt, so. <laughs> we would have just blended right out on screen. Uh, we had Allison Sheridan come up for a little bit from the No Silla cast. And- well, she, I saw her come up at the in the back of the audience and I literally pretty much dragged her up to... Bill Palmer was taking some pictures. I hope he sends them. There's a really good picture of you, me, and Allison on the stage. And it's a really cool picture. The lighting is just really great. And I hope he sends it. Or maybe, no, it was Sam Levin took that picture. Yeah, yeah, because you showed that to me. You showed that to me uh, uh, right after we got done. Or Sam showed it to me. So he's supposed to send it over. I, I, I had a sense after we did about ten of these that... It was pretty much played out at that point. I, we were not going to do 45 minutes of this. No. And I thought, we need to move on. So we briefly moved on about, hey, get really good at your applications. But I, I thought I had a good idea, which was to ask people in the audience, well, 
I said we're buying too many apps. <laughs> and so I was taking people's iPhones and seeing how far to the right I had to scroll to get to the end and how many folders. Repetitive I thought that thumb yeah, syndrome. Yeah, repetitive thumb syndrome is how we I thought that went over pretty well. Yeah, it did. And uh, as as you know, oh, oh, don't forget about the well there was this one girl, this one young girl who um, I got her to give me her iPhone, and I just, like, tossed it on the couch behind me because she had too many apps. And the look on her face was like, hey, I want my iPhone back. I got her pretty good because we were talking about old uh, computer systems and uh, how you connected online. And I got really close to her face, too, and I went, and this is what it did. And I went, and the whole... Megan like a modem. The whole audience just died laughing. I thought that was pretty funny. Allison, and of course, she didn't understand it. No, that's what made it funny, though. So, yeah, all in all, though, I think that, um, and I heard Jason Snell saying that he's going to get these posted. So instead of just streaming, they're going to have versions that you can actually go and watch the archive. So I hope he does that. I'd like to. Uh, well, I'm, I would say I'd like to see it myself, but Gazmaz, yep. there are. Thank, thank you, Gaz. Uh, Gazmaz captured it while it was recording. Um, Converted it to a move file, put it on Dropbox, and I've got it on my iPad right now. Yeah, I wish I did, but uh, you have an app that I don't have. Yeah, that's one of the things. Um, VLC was available for iPhone and iPod Touch, or I'm sorry, on, and iPad, and it was pulled because it's open source software, which is incompatible with the licensing agreement that you have to agree when you submit something to the App Store. So it was there for like... I heard like two weeks, maybe at the most, yeah, yeah. and then they got it pulled when they could, except for guy, except for me. <laughs> so what I did is, I don't have the computer here, guy, that I sync my iPad or my iPhone to. So when I plug it into my laptop, I can't sync anything, but I can drag files and movies and stuff like that into an application that's on the iPad through the sharing little thing at the bottom of iTunes screen. So I just. Dragged it in there, and it looks great, too. You saw it on my iPad. So we've got some segments to play. Now, uh, none of the segments that we're going to play today uh, are anything that Owen or I recorded because, well, number one, Owen's not here today. And number two, I didn't, I didn't have all the segments yesterday, guy. <laughs> yeah, there, we have a, a common folder in, in my Dropbox account. And, yeah, I had uploaded all the files to the Dropbox account, but then had neglected to move them to the shared folder. So there they sat. So that's why I was, uh, when you guys listened to the podcast yesterday, um, that was actually a fallback show guy. You haven't heard it yet, I know. No, no. Um, and, and I'm like, I don't know where Guy's at. He's, <laughs> when you're in San Francisco, you know, you start having fun and lose track of time. Because I thought you were still at uh, Errolis and Sheridan's party. Yeah, the no party. It, 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 I, so I recorded a show, and but I kept trying to get a hold of you thinking, okay, if I can get Guy to get into the room, then I won't use what I recorded. We'll just do a regular to what we're doing right now. now chances are, chances are, as you were recording that show, my eyes were very, very tightly closed, and there was soft, melodic snoring sounds. I wish I could have recorded my conversation this morning, or well, late last night. Uh, when I finally got, because I had texted, I'm telling you guys, I had texted him, I had called a couple times, I was like, guy, and then the next one, are you there? And the next one, dude, we have to podcast. And the next one, guy, dude. And I was like, where is he at? What's going on? And so when I finally called, it was like 1130, and I called, and this is what I hear. 
It wasn't even a hello. It was a, and I went, dude, well, here's the thing. I didn't know if you were extremely tired and sleeping or just really drunk. It could have been either one. I only had one drink at, at the No Silicast party. I, you know, for for people who know me, you know, I I really don't drink that much. And when I come to MacWorld, we go to some of these events, we go to some of these parties. I'll have one to two drinks at most, and then I just stop. I, I just don't have any more. I'm pretty much the same way. I don't drink. Although I did have, I had one drink. I had one drink at the Smile party, and that was Tuesday night. No, Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Wednesday night, yeah. And uh, you got that made you a little schnonkered. A little bit schnonkered. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, it didn't last very long. By the time we left, it was pretty much worn off. But I was a little a little tipsy there, a little bit more than tipsy. We hadn't really eaten that much at that point either. You know, um, the, the day before Macworld starts is when you come down here to the Moscone Center and you get your, in our case, not only our press badges, but our speaker badges as well. And kind of you know see what you can of the layout of the land, and you know and of course every single year we can't go out onto the floor until you know the actual expo opens. To be fair, what I drank was a Tom Collins, which is gin and tonic, and usually they go gin gin tonic tonic, and there's your drink. She went gin 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 tonic, gin, gin <laughs> gin gin tonic, just a little bit. It it, it was like a whisper. She kind, of, she kind of picked up a tonic bottle and go, hey, look, glass, here's some tonic, and then she put it away again. So we're going to uh, stop now. We're going to play the segments, and then we're going to come back and uh, finish up the show. Now, chances are um, there's not going to be a tech fan next week. Um, there might be. I might get to doing one on Friday of next week, uh, but probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Because I have a work-related thing to do on Saturday. And then uh, my wife and I are taking the little kids, Cole and Brooke, to Chicago on Sunday to go see, like, the Natural History Museum and all that. So, literally, from this week and next week, I'm just, I'm extremely busy. There there probably won't be uh, my Mac.com podcast recorded on Tuesday because I'm actually flying into Ohio. Uh, I'll be there tomorrow morning, Sunday morning. And then I've got like a six to eight hour drive home, and I'm not going to try to do that after flying all night. So I'll be home sometime on Monday, and I think I will probably spend Tuesday and Wednesday just kind of recuperating, recuperating and recovering from. Mac- now we could say, well, maybe Gaz will get together with David again, but Gaz isn't going to be there either. No, Gaz is actually has has uh, some work related stuff, so he's not going to be in town. So it looks like unless David Cohen grabs the bull by the horns and just records a tech fan without me and maybe at a guest or something. In a MyMac.com podcast. Go ahead. Well, go go for two, two hours worth of shows. You can do it, David. I've got confidence in you. So there probably won't be a podcast next week from either of us. But you know what? We've done a lot of podcasting this week. Yeah, well, we've got uh, at least three to four MyMac.com podcasts and two tech fans. And you know what, guys? Come on. You know, that should... Fill your, your car ride home for the next week or two. Easy. Absolutely. Most of them probably didn't even listen to this episode until next week anyway. So yep. what the heck. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a break. We're going to play the segments that you recorded. Uh, do you remember off the top of your head who these companies are and anything like that? Or is it just kind of a... He's smiling like he's putting me on the spot here. I don't remember. Yeah, uh, I know one of them was Blue Mike. 
and I know that because you I, bought a mic. Yeah, I, I bought a a, a Mikey mic that plugs right into the iPhone. It only works with the 3GS, unfortunately. And I've got the Mikey in my office that I've never used. If you had told me you wanted it, I could have saved you, what, $30? Is that what it yeah. cost? Yeah. I also had a, a, an interview that'll come up um, probably after all this is over with. It won't be in this particular podcast. Uh, talking to the uh, CEO of Genio, which is this software that you can use to kind of Manage your RSS feed. I mean, it does a lot more. It's, it's very is that the one that you recorded today? Yeah, at 2 o'clock. We've, I've got it on the computer. We're good. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe we can't get that in there. Yeah, it's absolutely going to be in there. Okay. The one that won't be was one of the ones, the first ones you recorded with Boink's TV. And the, and the problem is it's, it's not a technical glitch. It was just he was too quiet. Yeah, he had he had a very soft voice. And the, the microphone that we're using for these interviews, you don't, you don't need to have like a booming voice but you you do need to speak clearly into the mic into the microphone and he kind of had his head down a little bit and it's like you know I'm, I'm moving the microphone at the same time i didn't want to like knock out one of his teeth to try to get him to probably a bad thing to do so so let's go ahead and play those segments and then we'll be back here to finish up the show I'm here with Annie Chen from Splashtop. Now, this is software that allows you to control your Macintosh or Windows PC directly from your iPhone or your or your iPad. And can you tell me a little bit about this product? Yeah, so Splashtop Remote Desktop is a remote desktop solution. Um, basically, anything you can do from your PC or your Mac, you can now perform from your iPad or iPhone. Um, so... Uh, what can't run natively on your iPad, such as Flash or multitasking, you can do um, through Splash Top Remote. Anything you can do on your PC, you can do on your iPad. And I, you said, you, you kind of explained a minute ago how, how exactly this works. Can, can you tell me that again, please? Yeah, so there's a free download of the server part that you download from our website at splashtop.com. Um, and it runs on your Mac or your PC. Um, and basically, any computer that you've enabled with your account password on, on the PC, you can access from your iPad. And it streams the video and sound uh, very smoothly over to your remote device. Um, so this is kind of a virtual client. And, you know, those kinds, of, those kinds of programs cost a lot of money. So I imagine this has got to be, what, $20, $30 through the iOS store? You would think so, but it's only $1.99. Uh, the reason why it's so cheap right now is an early product. Um, and we're continually making improvements, but right now, while it's still in early stages, the price is only $1.99. So for $1.99, you can access your desktop wherever you are, as long as you have internet access someplace, and right from your iPad, right from your iPhone, you, know, you can just go right back to your home machine, no fuss, no muss. Exactly. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, I'm here with David Brennan from Quick Office. Now, this is this is uh, an office suite that allows you to take all of your standard documents that you have on either your Windows PC or your Macintosh that's Microsoft compatible and use them like on your iPad or your iPhone. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. It allows uh, users to be able to open up office documents such as Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and enables them to edit documents, Excel spreadsheets. Um, it also has a connected file manager, so you can have access to like Google Docs, MobileMe, and have file management of those those documents yeah. uh, and share after you make quick edits. So, you know, you guys obviously saw a need for a product like this, and and you and you got it out, which is great. Now, as I understand, you've got a new version coming out, and how much is that new version going to cost? Well, currently we have a uh, sale going for iPad, and regular retail price on that is twenty four ninety nine, and currently it's at fourteen ninety nine. 
Um, so it's it's to be determined what our price point will be on that new release. But currently, we've got a sale at fourteen ninety nine. Okay, but for the people that already have it, how much is it going to cost? It's a free update. It's a free update. You yes. see, you go ahead, you buy it now. You don't have to worry about the next version coming out because they're going to give you the next version of Quick Office for free. That's correct. Um, just recently in December, we updated our iPad application and gave a free update to PowerPoint. Same thing with iPhone. We're going to have uh, PowerPoint as a free update to our current customers. And that's fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Okay, I'm here with with Justin from Ditto. Now, now Ditto is is kind of a plug and play server. Yes, it's a network attached storage device that allows you to remotely access your data from anywhere in the world. Uh, my Ditto is uh, designed and developed through Dana, uh, with a company called Danalect. And how exactly does it work? It looks like there there are two slots for drives, and you know, is there any kind of, of RAID that you can attach to that, or it has a built-in RAID functionality, so it'll allow you to do RAID one, RAID zero, and JBot. And JBot, so just a just a big set of drives. Yep. And when you when you first attach this to your network, how would I go about? Like my wife has a MacBook, and she's constantly telling me I need to have some place that I can put my files because I don't connect up. I don't connect up uh, uh, hard. How can I use the Ditto to make her happy? Well, what uh, my Ditto does is it allows you to connect. It shows up as a network-attached drive in your local network. So it's just going to show up as a regular computer icon on the left of your MacBook. You just click on it, and she can upload her files to the public setting. Or you can make her user key, and she can access it through the user interface on her on her computer. I mean, my wife is the same way. She's the most computer illiterate person. I hope that doesn't get on public. <laughs> but she she set it up while I was in our house, and it took her two minutes because I wanted the proof in the pudding. Right. So she set us up in the house, and it worked. And, and she was like, "When can I get a Mac?" And I'm like, "Ooh." <laughs> so you're you're a PC guy. I'm I'm a PC and a Mac guy, but you know, I get I got her a Mac because I know she can't break it. <laughs> Well, anything can be broken if you try hard enough. Well, yes, that's very true. But unfortunately, <laughs> with the Macs, you can keep them running for 365 days a year and not have a problem with it, unlike a PC. So now, this is this is who would you recommend this type of device for? I would recommend this device for a, uh, a home user or a family that wants to have its digital memory stored or share their digital memories with family across the country, and also for the small business or the uh, SME market or the small medium range market that wants to have a silo in their group and doesn't have the the, uh, uh, the money to do the IT overhead expenses. Okay, now I live in Alexandria, Virginia. Now I'm right at, right now I'm out here in San Francisco, California. And yeah, I can use Mobile Me and back to my Mac, and, and it's it's hard. And it, you know, it, Apple just tries to make it easy, but it doesn't quite get there. How can Ditto make my life a little easier? My Ditto make your life easier in the sense that you can access the device through the USB key while you're in a remote setting, or you can download the application to your MacBook or MacBook Air so that it's you don't have to carry the key with you, and you can go ahead and upload and download files as needed. When you're in a remote setting, meeting with customers, meeting with clients, or you just want to send up sound bites like this, you know, to your, you know, to your uh, website or your web server. Okay, thank you very much, Justin. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Okay, I'm here with Hillary from Blue Microphone, and uh, you just talked me into making a purchase here. So, can you tell me about what it was I just bought? I can. This is the Mikey 2G. This is the Mikey microphone for your iPhone or your iPod. It's a stereo condenser microphone that gives you CD quality audio into your iPod or your iPhone. The great thing about Mikey, not only does it have three gain settings, so if you're in a concert, you can adjust the sensitivity level. You're not going to override the mic like you would in 
the phone's mic. Um, if you're a student in a lecture hall, we have a setting that is extremely sensitive, meaning you can pick up that professor at the front. At the top of it, it has a stereo line in. So if you want to dub over other audio, plug in a guitar, you can essentially get that audio right into your iPhone. Another great feature, it has a mini USB pass-through. So if you are a student recording a long lecture or you're recording band practice that goes a while, you can be charging while you're recording so you're not draining your phone's battery. Um, Mikey for Flip also has, or Mikey for Flip, I'm sorry, Mikey 2G. We'll get to Mikey for Flip. Okay. Uh, Mikey 2G has 230 degrees of rotation. So you can go all the way to the back of the phone. So if you are taking video with your iTouch or your iPhone, you'll get that quality audio into that video as well. Um, CD quality audio, it is not app-specific dependent. Whatever app you want to use, so whether you like 4Track or our free Blue Fire or even Fire, um, which is a professional audio app, you can use that app that you're comfortable with and our Mikey. Endless opportunities and, and options with Mikey. Now, you also, I'm seeing that you have one here now as well for flip cameras, and you're saying that that's already out or it's coming out soon? It's coming out soon. Flip added a flip port to their new flip cameras starting in November. So all flip cameras with the Ultra HD in November and all the new ones that they'll be coming out with will have this flip port. So we created, like the Mikey we're on now, for the flip. It's a stereo condenser microphone, plugs right in, automatically connects to your flip, so you're getting enhanced audio for your flip video. It has a three point, or three, a triple A battery, so you're not draining any of the power from your flip. It also has an auto and loud setting. So whether you're at a birthday party, you can tell the mic that, or whether you're at a concert or recital, you, the mic knows. We kept the tripod mount on the bottom so you can do hands-free recording. We also have an audio in. So for you interviewers, if you want to do a handheld mic or a lav mic into your flip, this flip doesn't have that option, our microphone essentially will then act as a interface for you like to be able yes like a pass-through so you'll be able to get in okay and i'm looking over here and i'm seeing a sweet looking little microphone over there it looks like it's named after a himalayan monster what can you tell me about that one yes we have yeti and it's brand new cousin yeti pro so for those of you who are familiar with yeti it has three capsules that allow you to do four polar patterns you can do cardioid in the front, omni, 360 degrees around, stereo, which are your right and left channels. You can also do bi-directional, which is front and back of the mic. So you have anything from a podcaster to a roundtable discussion to an interview to a musician who wants to get the right and the left channels. Yeti will do that, USB. It also has a gain control, adjusts the sensitivity of your mic. It has a zero latency headphone monitoring jack volume for that and a digital mute which I always tell people if you're podcasting and you need to cough digitally mute your Yeti so that's Yeti it's been out we introduced that last year it's $149 what we've just announced two weeks ago is Yeti Pro it has all those features features the four patterns the three capsules it will do USB and XLR we're taking it to the pro level so if you want to put it into your studio board or you want to put it into your interface at home and your home studio you can do straight to your computer or straight to your an analog output. It will also do the highest digital recording resolution on the market, which is 24-bit 192K. That's four times CD quality audio. Highest you can find. It will also do the sampling rates in between, so you don't have to do that much data if you don't want to. Yeti Pro will be landing about next week um, for $249.
So the, the added XL, XLR capability is, is what's kind of taking it to that next level. For people that want to move it into, put it into a mixer, maybe with other microphones or with guitars or, or what have you. Exactly. The analog and the higher resolution just took it to that pro level. Blue comes from a full line of studio microphones, a couple decades now making really pro microphones. And we, what we heard from the pros was, I love Yeti, but I don't use USB in my studio. So we said, okay, we'll give you that option. And a lot of people now, professional podcasters, musicians at home, have boards. They're now kind of moving to that next level. So we moved right with them and added an XLR. Okay, thank you very, very much, Hillary. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Okay, I'm here with Rahul from Global Delight Software. They have a new product called Boom. And as I understand it, this is not, not an iOS application, but it's actually something for <gasps> the Macintosh here at the Mac World Expo. What can you tell me about Boom? Well, uh, Boom, Boom uh, is a volume booster for your Mac and for your music files. So uh, why is Boom different? You know, a lot of laptop users, uh, they have a complaint that uh, the speakers are not loud enough. But this means uh, you cannot enjoy your QuickTime movie well uh, when you watch uh, videos on Netflix, YouTube, or Hulu they don't sound loud enough. Uh, or maybe if you're, a, if you're on a Skype call and you want your Skype call to sound louder, Boom is the app for you. It can boost the volume of your entire laptop speaker by over 400%. Now, there's, there's another program, and I won't mention it here, that basically just works with QuickTime and iTunes. But Boom, on the other hand, goes much farther than that. Is that true? Yes. Boom works on the system level, which means every application that plays on your Mac can be boosted with Boom. Everything, including your web browser, your Skype, your iChat, your podcast, everything. And how much does Boom cost? Boom is just $5. And is, that, is it available on the Mac App Store yet? Uh, we have submitted it uh, yesterday, so I think it will take some time. But you have not heard half of Boom yet. Boom, can, Boom comes with a twist. Boom can boost your music files too. So you can import your iTunes library onto Boom, Boom it, Boom the files, and move it to your iPhone or iPod. So that means you can listen your music on your iPhone and iPod louder. So it pretty much covers everything to do with music and videos. Is there anything else that Boom... I mean, will Boom make me a peanut butter sandwich? Boom could could make your peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> it is possible. Probably version. We'll have to wait till version two for the for the sandwich making capabilities of Boom. That's right. For now, you know uh, you can enjoy your music much better. You can enjoy your uh, uh, videos much better. You know that's that's what Boom changes for you. Now, uh, eventually, of course, we hope it's going to be on the Mac App Store. But for right now, where can people find Boom? You can find it at our website, globaldelight.com. And uh, you have an awesome video there to check out what Boom does. I hope you enjoy that and enjoy the Boom experience. Okay, give me the URL for the video. Um, it's, you just have to go to globaldelight.com slash boom, and you have the video there. Terrific. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Okay, I'm here with Ross from Mophie, Mophie Products. Yeah, it's Mophie Inc. Yep. Mophie Inc., and, you know, I, I was just over at, at the booth over there, and I was talking to, to one of the girls, and I was telling her how much I loved the juice pack that I have for my 3GS. But it had started to do something kind of weird, where it would go from, even though I had the little switch over to the red, so it's supposed to use the iPhone battery first, it would beep 
to start to charge and then beep again and turn off. I told her that, and she was like, oh, let me get you a new one. You just handed me a new one. It's like, so you guys really stand behind your products. Absolutely. Customer service is probably the most important thing to our company. Besides the products and everything else, the most important thing is that we have a good relationship with our customers so that they come back. And uh, if they have a problem, we're going to take care of them. Whether they're, uh, we, We're always searching for customers that are you know, having any sort of problem, whether it's on a forum on Macworld or if it's on Amazon or if it's through our own Twitter feed or Facebook, we, uh, we're very diligent about making sure we're part of all of those conversations and that everybody's happy with their products. And so I see that uh, you know we get, there's a new iPhone out now. I never bought the iPhone 4. Right. However, a, apparently a lot of people did. And you guys were certainly not standing still. You came out with some new products. Uh, is it the Juice Pack Air for the iPhone 4? Is that right? Correct. So we actually came out with two products. The first one is the uh, the update for the Juice Pack Air for the iPhone 4, completely redesigned uh, internally and externally. Um, what's nice is we actually were able to slim down the Juice Pack but increase the capacity. So this one's thinner than the Juice Pack for the 3GS, but it went from a 1,200 milliamp battery to a 1,500 milliamp battery. So you're uh, you're at least doubling uh, the power that's in your than your in your iPhone. Yeah, and as we know, um, not just iPhones, but Androids and all the rest of these smartphones, you're using them heavy. Those batteries are draining really, really quick. So you need something like the Mophie Juice Pack Air just so that you can keep going all day long, no matter what, it, whether it's apps or telephone calls or, or whatever it is you're doing, your smartphone has to work. Absolutely. And uh, if, if you're doing something like going on a hiking trip or camping or doing anything outdoors or traveling a long distance, we actually came out with a big brother for the Juice Pack Air called the Juice Pack Plus. And this one is about the same thickness as the 3GS, but it has a 2,000 milliamp battery built into it. So this thing, I mean, it's feather light, it's not that thick, um, and it has a 2,000 milliamp battery in it. So uh, if you're going uh, anywhere where you're not going to be with a power source, uh, that's the solution you want. We actually also updated it with a dual-injected rubberized band around the outside edge so if you drop this thing it's going to save your uh, your iPhone for sure now I'm guessing that that, that uh, rubber banded edge also might take care of another problem that some people might have with uh, their iPhone 4s well all of our uh, all of our devices uh, do insulate the antenna for the iPhone <laughs> uh, so uh, has that been an issue this year uh, for, our, for our products <laughs> no if, as long as you have one of our products now it's, it's interesting when you you know I don't want to say anything negative, but uh, if I'm not using the juice pack, I do run into more problems, both with power and reception. Are, are there any other products that Mophie came out with this year or, or that are coming out very, very soon that you'd like to tell us about? Yeah, absolutely. We have a few really interesting products. Uh, I'll tell you about a couple of them. One is the Pulse Gaming Case for the iPod Touch. And what that is, it's a, it's a game grip, but it also adds stereo speakers and haptic feedback to your iPod Touch games. It works with every every game out there, and it, it's a, basically a rumble pack for your iPod Touch, which is a very cool product. That is that's cool. going to be coming out in the next couple of months, and uh, we're, that's going to be below $100. So we're really happy about that one. And then we also have a, a power stand for the uh, iPad, which is completely extruded aluminum. So it's the same process they use to make MacBook Pros, and uh, it's gorgeous. It's a stand that it clicks into position at pretty much any angle. So if you want to type on it, watch a movie read a book, browse the web. Uh, it's, it's doing that, but it's also charging and syncing to your computer. So that's very And exciting. how much more time does that give you? I mean, the iPad already has 10 hours, so how much more time is that going to give well, you? unlike most of our products, it's not a mobile product. So it's a stand that's powering 
uh, and syncing. But yeah, I mean, the the iPad, we just don't really see the need for it. It's lasting so long, yeah. and you would have to add so much bulk to make an impact <laughs> that it's just not worth it. Okay, well, I appreciate your time. Where can people go to find your products? Uh, the best place to go is always mophie.com. But we are partnered with uh, AT&T, Best Buy, and Apple. One and Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye. Okay, I'm here with Saul from Genio. Is that like Genio Software, or, or what's the actual name of the company? Uh, Genio Innovation. Genio Innovation. And you guys are based out of Israel. Right. And what, what exactly, in, in the simplest terms possible, how would you describe what it is that your company does? A simple way to catch up with your online world, mm-hmm. as easy as, as, as it possible. So in, in this, this isn't like it's a... A huge program that you have to load and then you have to put in all these settings basically it's this little tiny program that you download it kind of injects itself into your browser it, it looks through your RSS feeds it looks through you know some of the social media that you may deal with whether it's Facebook or myspace or uh, Twitter and it captures that data and it gives you when you log in and you open up a, a new browser window, it kind of gives you all the stuff that you would typically be looking for, you know, throughout your, your browsing day, all on one page. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Actually, what Genio does, every time you browse to a new website, it automatically discovers the RSS feeds on that site and automatically opts you into those feeds. So it, it's, not just, it's not just the RSS feeds that you already have installed. It's the new stuff that you install or the new stuff that you browse to that you may or may not, you know, think to to bookmark or something like that. Genio is kind of taking care of that for you. It's not necessarily bookmarking it, but it knows if you go to a site once, twice, three times, if you go to it more than three times, Genio basically says, you know what, you're going here a lot and you probably like this site, so we're going to give you a little more content from this site. Right, and this is like me, I'm looking at myself as a normal user mm-hmm. browsing the web and I figured that I got used to work so hard in order to catch up with what's going on. Right. You know, I'm using Google Reader and I'm signing to all those RSS feeds and after a while I'm trying to filter all those feeds for me and try to manage them. And with Genio, we do not need to do this anymore. And the cool stuff is that you don't need to do it with even new new software as uh, or services as Quora, for example, or you know Twitter as a service. Almost every mm-hmm. website now have RSS feeds. Right. And Genio, base seventy percent of what Genio does is actually based on RSS feeds, although it's not the entire product. Right. But but uh, yeah, it's it's make uh, my life much more easier, and hopefully yours as well. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the other things that, that Genio does is kind of cool. If you like sharing a lot of information with your friends on, on some of the stuff that you find online, um, topics that that you believe your friends will find interesting, Genio will actually make almost like an online magazine of the things. That, that you're doing and you can edit this as well you know when you know, basically at the touch of a button this thing this it's kind of cool the way it works at the touch of a button this magazine comes up you can you can change the picture on the magazine you can change the stories that are inside the magazine and everything that's, that's on the page that you see you can adjust if you say okay well I don't think that this person is going to want to know about the latest Windows 7 problems, so you make that go away and you replace it with something else, and it's all right there on that one page. 
Right. It's like it, the idea came when I was like, I, w- I wanted to share some stuff with my friends and I want my voice to be heard. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of a lazy person. I don't have all this time to write blog and stuff like that. Right. right? So I wanted like a cool automatic uh, software that will do all this work for me. So I'll be able to hear something to, to show or to show my voice out there. And to be able to say something without to work so hard of what I really want to say. So in this, in this case, I can just share uh, the things that I found interesting with my friends. And is, is there anything that I haven't covered? Have, have I missed anything that Genio does? Oh, of course. Genio does many, many things. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make you any coffee in the morning. Oh, but, no. <laughs> but we do try to do many other stuff, like remind you about your... Uh, Facebook uh, um, friends that's having you know birthday and, and some other events we try to make sure you won't get stuck in your own world mm-hmm. uh, reading only your topic of interest uh, so this way we always uh, showing you uh, hot items or popular items in your social world and also in just something that are really trendy in the world so you'll be able to uh, discover some new sources of information and not just your trusted sources because Junior really relay, relay on your trusted sources mostly. Right. So this way you can open up to some new sites and new topics of interest that you might find interesting in the future. You know, I, um, I, I was talking about this with the other guys from MyMac.com, and I was telling Owen Rubin, who's, who's um, another one of the writers and editors for the site, and as I started to explain it, he was like, wow, really? It does that? That's kind of cool. And right there while I was talking to him, he downloaded it, had it installed within like less than five minutes. Um, probably depending on what kind of, of download speed you have, the, the longest part of it is going to be downloading it. Once you once you click on it, and, I mean, it, everything just kind of goes automatically. It goes and it asks you. I mean, there, there are privacy settings that you can adjust um, if you don't want it to do Facebook or you don't want it to do Twitter or you don't want it to do whatever other social media it is that 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 you use. And you know, you can adjust the privacy settings in Genio to exclude those features. Right, yeah. Uh, Genio is actually, it's, uh, I think it's the first uh, behavioral targeting kind of software that uh, give user full privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have uh, behavioral plugins to Safari, Chrome, Firefox, and IE. Yeah, all the big browsers. Yes, actually, yeah. And the thing is that we do keep the user privacy, so we do not have any server side to Genio. Mm-hmm. So everything and all your browsing habits is actually stored on your computer. And more than that, Genio also disable itself automatically every time you browse to uh, private sites like banking. You, you know, when you go right. to a banking account, health, just reading your emails. So is that is that based on the the protocol that you're going to some of these sites for? If it's like HTTPS. Right. Yes. Okay. So if if you're going to sites that uh, have a higher level of security, like banking sites, mm-hmm. um, that that in, in the browser it says HTTPS or you know whatever the new or future security protocols may be for your browser, Genia knows not to look at those things. Exactly. And yeah. not to capture that information. Right. That is really cool. Well, if people were were looking for Genio, where would they go to find it? Uh, just browse to our website, uh, www.genieo.com. Genieo.com. Right. Yes. And uh, is is there any place else they can find it, or is that the best place to go? Yeah, that's the best place to go, definitely. Great. Well, thank you very much for your time, Thank Sol, you, Guy. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. And welcome back to the MyMac.com podcast. And, you know, Tim, this, this 
has been a, a slightly different type of Mac world from the ones that we've experienced before. Uh, last year, it all seemed to be iPhone cases. This year, it seemed to be all a, a lot of iOS apps. I didn't see nearly as many cases, either iPhone or iPad cases, as we saw last year. Of course, there weren't any iPad cases last year, but I mean, not nearly as many Some cases in general. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, it did seem to be more focused on developers. And, um, you know, of course, most of those developers were iOS. And I, I don't think that's going to change next year, per se. I do think that we're going to see more Mac developers here next year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm still hearing from people saying, hey, yeah, you think there's really going to be a, a, pod, or a podcast, a, an expo next year? And absolutely, I do. I, I really do think that there's going to be a Mac. I know they have the dates posted somewhere downstairs, but, anything, really. right, so, but still. I do believe that there's going to be a, a Macworld Expo next year. I think this was a roaring success, at least from my limited perspective. We don't know the numbers. We don't know how much money they make. However, it's, however the floors, like we came in on Thursday morning when the Expo opened, and as we were walking toward where the, the doors were that led into it, there didn't seem to be that many people waiting in line. And the reason why there weren't that many people waiting in line is that most of them had already jammed in. through. We the couldn't get down aisles. Yeah, I mean, you and I didn't see the other side of the Macworld Expo, all the all the various you know exhibits on that side of the room until what Friday afternoon, just because it was so packed. If you guys listen to, is that Steve Sandy walking over there? No, maybe not. Unless Steve Sandy aged like thirty years, which you know, quite honestly, it, it, that can happen here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel old, I feel older. Um, yeah, you know, if you guys listen to some podcasts and you hear anybody saying, well, you know, the numbers weren't very good and I'm telling you, you let me know who says that and I will send them an email and call them a flat out liar. Was that the F word you wanted to actually use? Yeah, I kind of thought about it there for a second. (laughs) I'm a little dry right now. You know, actually, when I recorded the MyMac podcast last night, my voice was almost gone. Really? Well, I had done a full tech fan and a lot of conversations throughout the day. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to listen to really any of the, of the stuff that we've done just because we've been so very busy. You know, we get here in the morning, like, what, eight thirty, nine o'clock, and we're basically running until they close the doors at 6 o'clock. you got to remember, we're on East Coast time still as far as our bodies and our minds. Yeah. So we get here at... 8 o'clock in the morning. Because we've been up since 3.30 in the morning. Right, because that was 6.30 to us, you know. So, you know, the time thing is is always an issue. I never try to adjust because we're not here long enough. There's no point. So, yeah, you know, if anybody says that the, the, the crowds weren't very big, they're a flat-out liar. If they come back and say, well, yeah, but they were in the, uh, the West Hall, so it just seemed bigger, um... You can't manufacture the number of heads. You know what I mean? You can't. It was crowded. And, yeah, it might be a little bit smaller than the South Hall or the North Hall, but it was a large, huge space, and it was completely packed. Yeah, and, you know, as you as you walk through, you could feel the enthusiasm over most of the crowd for just, just being there. You know, I mean, there's still so much excitement surrounding the Macworld Expo, and, you know, let, let's, give, let's give credit where credit is due. A lot of that is due to Paul Kent and his staff working hard throughout the year to put this, this three- to four-day 
you know, exhibition together. And, you know, I, I think that they work hard and they deserve, the, they deserve the credit for how well it went this year. I would, I would really like to go see if we could find Paul Kent and maybe wrap up this episode with a little interview with him, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would have a feeling that right now he's looking at the clock going, come on, 6 o'clock, I need to sleep for and, and And we need to wrap this up because I have to still edit this podcast, get it posted into iTunes, get it posted on the website, and call it a day. So as such, let's call it a day, guy. It's a day. It's kind of gray out there right now, too. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to rain today, and it's somewhat fitting that on the last day of the expo, everyone's a little sad knowing that the doors are closing, and it's raining outside. I got a great idea. What's, what's that? Let, let's go out those doors right there. Okay. Let's reach into our pockets. Okay. And let's have a cigarette before we... You know. <laughs> You're killing me, man. <laughs> killing me. So with that, we're going to wrap up the MyMac.com website's coverage of Macworld Expo 2010. I had a great time. 2011. Did I say 2010? 2010. <laughs> wow. Blooper. Um, thanks go out to Owen for being here two of the three days. I have to tell you, Guy, when you listen to My Mac Podcast 333, you're going to hear Owen a lot. Well, that does. he loves to talk. And he did two tech fans with me. Oh, that's right, because I missed the one on... Uh, you were, I don't, were you even on a tech fan? You were on the first one. Yeah, I was on the very first one. I don't think I was on the one that you did. Well, no, you've only because you only did two since we've been here, right? Um, hmm. I th- I don't know. No, I think I did three. Okay, well, I was on one. I did the pre-show and then day one, day oh, two. Yeah, 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 yeah. We did. You were on the pre-show. The got, yeah, the day we got here, we did one, and then I missed the next two that you did with Owen. I have to say, um, Owen, I know you don't think that you're really good at at this. I think you're phenomenal. I think you did a great job. Thank you very much. Mark Rudd was the other MyMac contributor here. Lots of pictures from Mark Rudd. And and uh, I, Mark's going through a, a rough spot right now. We don't want to get into that. No. But for Mark to even show up here. Yeah, that, that was that was amazing. And I was telling him this morning before, because he actually left this morning. I was, you know, thanking him. Eight-hour plane or a uh, train right. yeah. yeah i was i was telling them you know thanks so much for being here you know you're always always welcome with the my mac family when we're doing stuff like this and it would be nice if 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 he could you know free up a little bit more of his time and i guess as as things get better for him that he'll have that time because he he brings he brings a, 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 an enthusiasm i knew you're going to say that and absolutely when mark's around you know mark's around Oh yeah, yeah. He, and remember, we met Mark because of a MyMac podcast. Yeah, it was it was the MyMac meetup, my first year, I think, uh, two thousand and seven. Yeah, because two thousand seven was was my first one, and he and um, uh, our old friend BJ. Yeah, BJ was there. We we met him at least in person then. Yeah. But before that meetup, I didn't even know who Mark was. No, neither did I. Just a listener. I don't remember if I ever got any email from him before that or not, or listener feedback or anything. But he showed up to that My Mac event, and uh, we adopted him, is what I said. <laughs> we adopted him. He's he's a good guy. Good Mark. <laughs> so Mark and uh, Owen, thank you very much. Of course, Sam Levin. He is doing the At Minute podcast, but he was on the one My Mac show briefly. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is, again, part of the MyMac family. A lot of people just assume, well, at minute's different. Well, it's not different because here's a secret guy. I, I own at minute, too. I heard that somewhere. Yeah, oh, it was it's a, yeah, it was for me. So <laughs> it's like, like Sam's got the, um, 
the what do you call it the thing on your microphone hey there's uh what's his name um i can't think of his name oh good well i'm glad you mentioned yeah that. uh <laughs> ted 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 mcginnis no ted yeah let's see if we can get him over here ted landau we're gonna we're gonna put him on the spot. Yeah, we were just getting ready to wrap it up. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see see Ted. I, I was getting ready to wrap up a show, and I saw you, and I thought, you know what? I'm gonna ambush recording a podcast. Grab Ted Landau before he rolls. I'm just gonna put you right on the spot. And uh, so Ted Landau, the Mac Observer, um, right now. <laughs> you're a pioneer web guy. Um, you've been to a ton of Macworld expos. What's your experience this year? What do you think? I think this was a really good expo in the sense that there was a lot of interesting things to see, some great new products, uh, but um, it's worth bearing in mind that it's very different from the expo of old. It's not, it's not at all, it's almost not a Macworld expo. It's almost an iOS device and peripheral and software expo. And it's consi- most of the big-name vendors that you'd be familiar with from years past are gone. There's no Adobe up front demonstrating how Photoshop works as magic. There's no Microsoft booth hawking office anywhere. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's no, there's no Apple booth, of course. Uh, the book vendors are gone. There's no Peach Pit. There's no O'Reilly. Uh, so it's a it's it's. I mean, one of the phrases that I use is that MacWorld is dead. Long live MacWorld. Yeah, I think that's accurate. One of the things that I was I've been saying for a while now, and I said it on this particular episode as well, that the Mac App Store is really going to start putting some money into software developers' coffers again, and they're going to want to start getting more attention. All things being equal, in the Mac App Store. They need to get more exposure. I think Macworld Expo is going to be on their radar coming up. I think so, too. And there was, there was that Indie Mac showcase area of, of the Mac floor. And I think that's one area of Macworld Expo where we'll see growth in the Mac next year. Because a lot of those Mac App Store developers will want space in the Indie Mac Store. And it'll be, it'll be competition for the mobile app showcase. So those, those two areas, I think, will be sort of the anchor points of the Expo next year. And in between will be iPad cases. Where can people find you at now, Ted? I know I, you, you, you're not doing the, the Mac Fix-It thing anymore. No, I'm not doing Mac Fix-It. I do, um, as you said, the Mac Observer. I do a, a more or less weekly column called Ted Landau's User-Friendly View. Worked out. Who? Uh, yeah, they, they named it that before they before I came along. It just worked out well that I. That, that was convenient. Yeah, I know. I know John Martellaro was doing it before, and he was just bitching about that name the whole time. Yeah, I said they have this column, they might as well do it. Uh, and the other thing that I'm doing, I work uh, have for a long time worked for MacWorld Magazine. I'm currently doing the bugs and fixes component of the Mac Nine. I'm not. I'm losing my voice here. The Mac Nine One One column. It's the last day of the MacWorld Expo. It's um, it's amazing we can even talk anymore. Ted, thanks a lot for being on the show. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Glad you asked. The, the, the show. He's just walking by and I'm ambushing him. He's like, I wasn't on the show. You, I was two homeless people. Hey, who's that guy? Grab him. <laughs> Thanks, Ted. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the big thing. Technology's evil. So, so Guy, well, that was fun. Grab someone right there. I've got a lot of respect and love for, for Ted. You know, he ran MacFix, which was quite honestly, the premier website to go to if you had a problem with your Mac. And I mean, it was fabulous. And I think Macworld bought it. Uh, I'm not sure, but I I think Macworld bought it. But he's still active in the Mac community, still a great guy. And uh, he's one of the many people I look forward to seeing year after year, including you, because we don't usually get to see each other outside of Macworld. We're like, what, 8, 9, 10, 12 hours away? So 
Yeah, I'm it's skipping a jump down the street. No, so it's it's kind of like a high school reunion with all the people that you liked in high school, and you get to get you and get a, to and a few that you didn't. Yeah, well, that goes without saying. You you get together with the people that you haven't seen in a year, and we're all, for the most part, a little fatter, a little slower. Yeah, in my case, both. <laughs> Me too, and uh, so. If you've ever thought, you know, maybe I'll go to Macworld Expo, but eh, you know, I don't, I don't really know anybody. Don't let that stop you. If you're listening to this podcast, you know two guys who are going to be here next year. And we're always available. Stop us, talk to us. I had people talking to us after our talk, asking me questions, and I'm handing out cards. And it was, it's just, it's, it's a community of somewhat like-minded people. We all, we're all using the same technology, and unlike other technology. The people in this particular sphere like to talk to one another. We're very inclusive. Yes. And when I say we, I don't mean just you and me and my Mac. I mean the whole community is very inclusive. Yeah, I would agree with that very much. So with that, Macworld 2011, see I got it right this time, didn't I? Yeah. Is coming to a close. We're going to go, Guy and I are going to go sit one more time after, you know, in there, out, out yeah. the doors here. One more time, we'll sit down, we'll edit a show, we'll get it posted and then we catch the red eye. So I'm Tim. And I'm Guy. And uh, that's it. Well, that was exciting. No, it wasn't. It wasn't exciting at all. I'm Tim. And I'm Guy. And thank you so much for joining us here on the MyMac.com podcast. You're not going to give contact information? Oh, you know, I can do that. Uh, you can contact me at Guy at MyMac.com. You can contact Gaz at Gaz at MyMac.com. Uh, he is GazMaz on Twitter. I'm Mac Parrot on Twitter. And our Skype number, which is area code 703-436-9501. Which he couldn't remember on the main stage earlier. No, I could not. And I think I said it wrong. But that's okay, because you people need to start calling this number. <laughs> yeah, instead of just me calling it, right? Yeah, at McDonald's through the drive-thru, or David. Yeah. So, And I can be found on Twitter, at MyMac. And, of course, Tim at MyMac.com. Please listen to the tech tech fan podcast and uh see ya thanks for downloading the mymac.com podcast please send all feedback to feedback at mymac.com or call our skype number and leave a message the phone number is 703-436-9501 if you enjoyed the mymac.com podcast make sure you check out the other family of podcasts all from mymac.com and all free on itunes including the Geekiest Show Ever, App Minute with Sam Levin, and Tech Fan with Tim Robertson.